Hello and welcome to the Show Me How To podcast, the podcast where we speak with inspirational individuals, gain an insight into how they started to where they are today. Today on the show with us, we have Sid Kumar, a sales specialist and co-founder of streetwear label Rarefied, an Australian clothing label founded in 2015 by two childhood friends. Their collections are inspired by the motto, distance yourselves from the lives and concerns of ordinary people. Now, Sid, before we get into Rarefied, I'd like for you to explain that motto and what that means for you. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, I think our theory behind that was always, we didn't really come from traditional backgrounds. Um, myself and Mohit, we, we moved from India, probably from when we were about you know, 11, 12, 13, around, around that sort of age. Um, and the idea behind that was we live a... It's so easy to sometimes live such a mundane lifestyle, right? Like it's it's so normal to just get carried on uh, with society. That one way that you sort of want to carry on, and especially where we grew up. I mean, coming from um, such an untraditional background, I suppose when we were in New Zealand, um, it, it it almost um, felt like you sort of have to. We had to work extra hard to stand out if that's the case, right? And our theory was if we can come from these uh, traditional, uh, untraditional backgrounds and still sort of break out and, you know, do what we love, um, we always wanted that to stand out and inspire other people to do the same. Because there's so many people who are sort of stuck in that particular way. They think, oh, this is, there's no future for me because I'm from here or I'm this way or this and that. And I think, uh, we we always wanted to break that in some way or shape, and uh, that's why I think um, our our goal from the beginning is always look if we can do it, so can you. If we come from uh, such an untraditional background, um, there's no reason why you can't do it as well. Beautiful, embrace embrace your differences and run with it. Absolutely, absolutely, and a lot a lot of people are scared to do that. To be honest, Harsh, and, and a lot of people are pretty scared to be who they are because uh, we're expected to live or be a certain way in society. Especially being an Indian, I feel like that's number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you just have the pressures from um, society, from your family, from your friends, from everyone. And you feel it's easiest to just go with the flow, but easy is not always the right answer. Absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes they might not even think that they're doing it. Um, uh, as, as life goes, uh, you sort of uh, see yourself... Uh, going in a traditional way yourself and you're like holy crap and you know I'm 30 40 uh, nothing that I wanted or wanted to do have dreams it's sort of planned out and it's just because you're, you're sort of just stuck to the same way that uh, that, that we didn't expect because we, we just live by society's means yeah 100% if you want to stand out you have to break the flow couldn't agree more I'd like for you to give us a little bit of a glimpse maybe a highlight reel and how how Rarefied started? What were the discussions and how did you get into clothing? Yeah, okay. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's not as gloomy as it's... <laughs> I mean, it's pretty <laughs> gloomy, you know? It's uh, how did it start? I would say before Rarefied, there was a lot more steps. Uh, everyone thinks, oh, you know, white clothing, you know, uh, we've been doing this. But before that, it was maybe two other brands that we sort of tried. What we used to do was, uh, before I get onto that, let me start white clothing. Um, we, being, I mean, our way of thinking and, uh, you know, um, 
people can agree or disagree is, you know, we, we, again, we came from pretty untraditional backgrounds. We never really fit, fit in, fitted into society. And our way to sort of express ourselves was, was through clothing, you know, dressed different to everyone else. And uh, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Um, uh, just the way they dressed uh, uh, really helped to stand out uh, within in a society where you traditionally didn't fit in, if that makes sense. Um, hence why we sort of wanted to get into clothing. I'm like, damn, these guys, you know, clothing obviously uh, is what we liked. Um, funnily enough, we didn't, we always knew we wanted to do clothing. Um, we didn't know how, what, when, where, like no idea, but I knew it was, we, we knew it was clothing. Um, so what we did was a couple of times in high school when we were on our, uh, uh, you know, school holidays, you know, the Christmas spirit and stuff, we'll buy some fabric. Uh, we started off with spotlights, bought some fabric. Um, back in the days, we'll uh, start sewing, cut, cutting uh, uh, patterns up, uh, start sewing ourselves, and we would put those, oh man, these t-shirts were horrendous. Uh, <laughs> you know, they had the threads hanging off, the collar you wasn't stitched. Somewhere, so. yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, you know. Uh, we had a, we, my mom had a little sewing machine, so we would sit uh, there with a roll of fabrics, cutting and just uh, sewing up um, t-shirts. And what we used to do back in the days was... Uh, actually put them up on uh, trade me <laughs> <laughs> so trade me we would sell those shirts for 40 bucks um 40 bucks and then we'll, we'll come to uh, we come to a realization a couple of times you know this is maybe i'm talking six, 16 or you know some age like that and during those holidays we might be making two three thousand dollars selling those t-shirts uh, from that's a lot for a 16 year old Matt, that was a lot you know we're like what are we doing and uh what happened so what happened from that was we <laughs> trade me stopped doing um, uh we used to hashtag different names of brands and stuff like that so people can search and our t-shirts will come up so um trade me stopped doing the hashtags where you know our products wouldn't come up on their website so we're like okay so that dramatically dropped but then we're like okay how do we take this to the next level uh, again, made up a lot of T-shirts, um, got in touch with a retailer in a small shop, you know, Australian-made shop in uh, North Shore. Uh, he wanted to stock our stuff. Look, that fell through, and then you sort of just lost a bit of motivation. And then um, we regrouped again. We're like, look, how do we take do it properly? Okay, and then um, we started thinking, trying to find suppliers. We found like a random supplier online. I don't even know how, you know, we, we came across him, um, sent him a couple of designs, you know, this is what we wanted to do. Uh, he took our money and never we, uh, we never got our clothes. We got our samples and then we're like, okay, we'll make some clothes. Um, back then I said, you know, I didn't know about transferring money through Alibaba or uh, PayPal. I used to Western Union them some money. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then we realized, oh shit, this guy just took our money around. We, we didn't hear from him. And then we realized that he, could, he took a couple of the designs that we had and he put it on, he, he put it on AliExpress. And, and uh, then a lot of people came back, hey, is this a product from AliExpress? And then, you know, it was just, so that came to end. And then, then we had to take a step back again. And then we're like, okay, how do we do this properly? Uh, then just again, start doing some research, you know, found trusted uh, supplies through Alibaba. And back then, look, Alibaba, when we started looking, was a scary website. It was still a lot of uh, uh, counterfeits and stuff and dodgy supplies that were on there. 
And uh, look, we just took the risk. We had nothing to lose. Again, sometimes like, you just have to. Yeah, that's it. And we're like, look, this this is this is what we have to do. Uh, we tried again. Um, like I said, we had really had nothing to lose, you know. And look, this is what I'm talking. This is maybe a period of all this is probably a period of five years, you know. And you know, you have shown a perfect example of it's not how many times you fall, it's how hard you stand yeah. back up. Yeah, that's it. You know, uh, in our minds, it didn't even like to stop. It just didn't even exist you know you just keep trying like what like i i always think about it. i'm like what really do you have to lose when, when you're trying sometimes you're going to regret the times you don't try or the times that you tried and failed 100 100 percent. and i think people do over with age you do that really that that feeling probably doesn't kick in when you're a bit younger uh, early stages of your life but later on um those regrets not trying they really do kick in when um like, you know, again, it's going back to, holy shit, I'm 30 or 40. I haven't, this is not the life I planned for myself. 100%. You know, it always starts with, I still have time. I still have time. And then one day that switches to, I don't have time. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit, oh, I got kids now. I got a mortgage. I have to do this. And look, you know, again, it's, there's no, nothing wrong with that, but it's just, you, you can't really feel bad if that's what you wanted at the end of it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, I'll, I'll go back on that. So I'll finish up the story. So we, we found the supplier, done some samples. She was great. Uh, very, very expensive. Uh, uh, got the supplier done. Um, and then uh, probably I'll say six months later, we're like, look, to make this right, to understand what's happening, let's go to China. So we went over to China to check out the whole thing and to see how, what we actually have to do and what we have to be aware of. And that's just being there in presence of everything that's happening in terms of manufacturing and meeting the supplies. It's a whole different story. The ball game changes. Uh, it makes it a lot more real, right? And um, at least this time you had confidence that there's something at the end of um, the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Correct. You know, uh, you know, uh, I suppose we had that hope like it could work and um, you, you sort of just run with it. You, you just run with it. And I think uh, at that time when you got nothing to lose, that hope is what it, all it takes to keep it going. And here we are today, um, Refrat being that, a global it. success. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At what point did you realize you wanted to become an entrepreneur? Um. Look, I'm not too sure if I had a particular age or that I wanted to be a, even even becoming an entrepreneur. I, ne I, I didn't think that was the case for me. Um, I think it was always there's uh, so much opportunity out there. Uh, I, look, I, I, I never put a title on it, I suppose, but I knew from a young age that, you know, to be able to do what I want and stand out, I'll have to do something on my own and uh, have my own success. You know, I always saw people with companies, you know, and uh, things that they have done. And I'm like, look, I, I want to do that. You know, I, I want to be the one who stands up. Hey, this is what I've built. No, I mean, again, no idea how to do what, <laughs> where. Um, but I oh, mean, I'll, I'll say, since I probably came to New Zealand, which is probably around 12, I knew like, hey, this is, this is, um, I just want, I just have to do something on my own. Like, I, I, look, again, I don't know how I was going to do it or what I was going to do, but um, from all titles, I didn't even know what entrepreneur was, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I, I just knew uh, this is uh, something that um, I just have to do. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's probably not the right answer to give you, but <laughs> just at a young age, I knew. 
You know what? That's um, that's exactly the right answer because sometimes that is the first step, just knowing you want to do something, and then when when you realize what you want to do or the time when you realize what you want to do, you can always trace it back to that one moment. Like for you, you mentioned clothing was so important to stand out from the crowd coming from a different country, and I. If I'm going to say something similar to myself, the podcast itself is a lot of times I struggle to find what my passion was. A lot of people said, what's your passion? What's your passion? What are you good at? And I made all these lists and I realized, right, I don't know what I'm good at until one day I just realized, right, talking, talking to people. I'm genuinely curious. I like to know their stories. I like to know how they started. What's the story behind the company and what's the story behind the person who started the company? So why not have a discussion and and really itch that curiosity that I've always had within me? Yeah, no, I I I couldn't agree with you more, and uh, I think you sort of nailed it. Um, and I'm probably on the same page. I always just want to learn, you know, just know more and uh, learn more. And uh, um, I'm super stoked for you because this is you know this this way you'll be beating so many people, and uh, in one way or the other, rare fights that for me as well in a way. <laughs> exactly. Now, now tell yeah. me, it's um, in the business world, everyone talks about the importance of having a mentor or following someone or looking up to someone. Did you have mm. a mentor or is there someone you followed throughout your journey? Um, look, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily had a mentor personally. Um, I think it's very important if you can find that. Um, just with the resources or anything that um, we grew up with or how we grew up, where we grew up, mentor was sort of uh, out of the picture. I looked up to, obviously... My family struggling and being able to move, um, that always inspired me. And uh, I always looked at that as my inspiration to sort of do better. Um, that next chapter in my life that I sort of have to do better. In terms of a particular mentor, I watched a lot of, uh, I mean, this, this was, you know, growing up, there's plenty of YouTube. You know, I looked up to a lot of people on YouTube uh, at a lot of stages of my life, see what they were doing. And you know what? That's what you need nowadays. Like this, everything you need is online, YouTube, podcasts, but I just watched you, a lot of YouTube trying to figure out, you know, what's you know, how to start a business, what to do, what are business terms, what do people look for? And you know what? Some shape, I just learned so much of just watching videos online. <laughs> it's the age of digital. Information yeah. is at your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's why I never thought I was... Um, Look, I think um, having a mentor personally would be great, you know, especially in the field that you're trying to get into. And I would advise everyone, like if you're trying to get into a particular field, maybe try to see where you want to go and who you want to work with. And um, if you could get some sort of internship or some time with that particular person, that would be great. Uh, if I had that uh, at that, my age, I would, you know, I would have been super stoked. Um, I, but again, I just learned anything. I saw everything and learned everything online and then sort of just ran with it. What's what's been different? So from when you started into Rarefied to now, what's an important skill that you entered with within yourself with Rarefied? Mm. And what do you think is the most important skill to have in the business world at the moment? Look, I think um, the most important skill is, uh, I, I wouldn't even call it a skill really, when you're first starting off is you need to be really passionate on what you want to do, you know? Because uh, this shit is hard, <laughs> no matter what you do. Um, if someone came to me today um, to do clothing, I'm like, mate, you, you just forget about it. You know, see, you know, if you just forget about it. Um, if you really want to do it, if they really want to do it, they would not take my advice and uh, still do it. And you know, that's number one. You know, because that shakes. Hey, 
you're really in it. And um, another one for me in the beginning was just you just really got to have skin in the game. Um, you, you never, you know, that motivation of when we lost money for the first time for my first supplier, that was, that hurt a lot. You know, uh, that was painful. But you know, you were just like shit. Um, I need to find some way to make that money back, or you know, not lose any more money um, to what I'm doing. Um, I think passion is probably number one and just skin in the game. I think right now uh, to the stage that you get, it's a bit more skill will be just strategy focus because just of the timing where we are and where it is, you know, um, when we were first starting off, you know, again, you, you, you sort of just make clothes and sort of release it. Uh, right now, it's a bit more strategy, how you want to go forward, where you want to go forward, um, you know, things like, before, oh, we don't want to, you know, commit to large amount of units. Here, you need units to, you know, get an X amount of return on investment or, you know, uh, partnership with the retailer or whatnot. So uh, it's a bit more strategy focused, I would say. And look, that just comes over time, right? It does. It does. And, you yeah. know, I must say, you actually um, touched on two key skills, even for when you started off. You mentioned passion as one of them and the other one really just being having skin in the game. But what yep. you really touched on was cancelling out the noise. That's a skill that people need to develop over time. A lot of people will be negative towards what you're trying to achieve, towards the business, towards the brand, anything. You will hear a lot of negatives. And a key skill yep. is just cancelling them out and focusing on what you're doing. And, yep. and the second yep. one you touched on there was discipline. Because motivation can get you started. But discipline's what's going to take you across the finish line. You know, motivation only lasts for so long. Absolutely, man. And motivation, uh, I always look at motivational is uh, just little spikes, right? Like it gives you the spike um, to sort of just get started. But it takes a lot more to keep it going, a lot more. And I think uh, you can relate to that as well, you know. <laughs> now, yeah. Tommy said, how important is your personal brand? Because when creating a fashion label, do you, need, do you feel the need to incorporate your personal brand into the business? And how do you actually portray your personal brand in the everyday world outside of business? Look, I think I, I always uh, find this one a, uh, as I'm going, I'm still questioning myself as well on this particular question. Absolutely important. Um, I feel like obviously you can make it work without it as well, let's be honest. So, and you can obviously you can make it work with it as well, you know. However, I think what the consumers do want nowadays is to be able to know more about, uh, let's say, the company who they're purchasing from, what's the history of it, who is behind it, and what's their story. It, it just uh, gives you a much better connection, to be honest. Um, and and it all comes down to what you're trying to do it as well, you know. Like if it's a service-based product, um, or let's say, um, I know we were discussing before. Let's say, for example a cosmetic or something like that but the person behind people need to know who's behind uh you know the particular cosmetics or line or procedure uh, to feel trusted i think knowing the person behind the brand it really makes the customers um, feel trusted it really comes down to you how you want to take the approach i think i think uh personally uh personal brand is key uh, it really helps to um end of the day you're serving the customer and you're trying to build the trust with the customer especially being a new 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 uh, business or company and that i think comes with uh, 
again, the customers knowing who you are as a person as well. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, it's, it's developing trust and a relationship with the customer. And, and one way yep. to do that is actually involve yourself. And it's, you know, it's another way to have skin in the game. When you have a product-based yep. business and you're putting yourself into the business and the business identity, um, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I think that's what com uh, customers find great. They know who they're actually purchasing from. And uh, look, any verified customers who message me, you know, I'm back to them straight away. So uh, they know they have a go-to. And um, again, that final step of their purchasing, they know who they're purchasing from. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and I think that's key to closing as well. You know, like they know who it is. This is a real person. Um Again, I think consumer-based products is probably most important to have that personal brand. Um, I think uh, you can probably still do without it. Um, it's probably getting a bit more rare, I would say. What do you reckon? I, I think so. I think it's getting... Um, it, it depends, again, to your point. It depends on what industry you're in. But in cosmetics, it, it becomes more important. In clothing, it becomes yes. a little bit less rare. I think something that's, as we shift towards actually taking care of ourselves better as persons, anything that has yep. a direct impact on our body, on our skin, on our hair, suddenly that personal brand is a lot more important. And then from something such as um, another industry, and whether that's outside of cosmetics, something that's not having a direct impact on our body, I think it becomes more about what the brand represents. So a lot of people yep. are now trying to go for brands which represent the same values as the as the consumer is um, holding. Mm. So I think that's th there's a difference between there's there's been a shift from personal brand to the values of the brand. I, I agree with you on that one. I think and I think. Um large corporations are understanding this as well. So they are bringing in uh, uh, big companies with the face behind it more so. Yeah, yeah. You know, let, let's say tequila, you've got George Clooney's Casamigos, you know. Again, it got acquired by Diageo, but uh, again, the face of the brand is George Clooney. <laughs> Which, which matters the most now, you know? It does. And if, if anyone wants to see a great example of this, follow everything Ryan Reynolds does. Yeah, From yeah aviation exactly. He's on the same page. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, um, it's, it's certainly important. It's certainly important. Now, tell me, Sid, what's, where do you see the brand now? Was there, was there a moment when you thought, right, this brand can really be something? And is that ever changing? Do you see the goalpost shift for you as you hit the next milestone? Yeah, absolutely. Look, at the, the brand's been doing well. Um, a lot of customers have trusted us. Um, it, it's been in the marketplace now for about five years now. It's really got that trust with the customers. So now it comes down to how do we take that uh, scale approach? You know, uh, I, I think that's that's sort of the key step, and uh, that's gonna again we're we're at the strategy phase of how do we really take that? Because in the beginning it's good, you know, so you're selling clothes, you're moving units, um, it, it's really fun. Um, look, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's it's not fun. What I'm saying is um, to take that brand to the next step, you you sort of just have to look at uh, where where can we get scale. Um, the good thing about the brand is it's it's always um, shifting. Uh, we're always hitting, uh, you know, uh, milestones, and then you sort of just have to realize uh, what what sort of the bigger milestone milestone, and what are we trying to achieve now? You know, because right now, before it was exciting bringing in fifty units, hundred units. Now you got to look at two, three, five hundred, 
you know, per SKUs and then, you know, it comes down to a container sometimes. So, <laughs> so and then you have to move those units. So, you know, the, it just automatically shifts. So, but you can't do that without a strategy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's part of the evolutionary process of a brand. Yeah, correct. Correct. And look, I think it just comes over time. Yeah. And I think this is the most um, exciting and the most um, challenging phase. The, the scale phase, right? Like it's always fun to start to um, how we're doing it, and but how do you sort of take to the next level? And I think that's the most uh, um, exciting bit. That that is, you know, it's um there's a fine balance between scaling too fast, scaling too slow, and scaling at the right pace. And I know there's some New yeah. Zealand brands which have tried scaling and taking taking their products overseas, but actually in a brick and mortar format. And that didn't work mm. quite well, so they had to take a step back and think to themselves, right, maybe I'll pause on this, I'll re-strategize, and then I'll go for it at a later stage. Mm. Yeah, and, and look, that, that's it, right? Like it's, uh, um, scale can always come if you, know, you do have a large amount of capital. It's, is that, uh, if you scale it at that level, is that sustainable long-term? And I think all of us know you know, companies, brands, or anything like that, that will scale right to the top end. Uh, we, we don't know where they are now. So it, it all comes with it. You need to, I think you need to understand the structure, uh, the fundamentals of your business. So if you do take it to the next step, do we have everything in place to sustain that? Yeah. yeah. Sid, I know you mentioned you didn't have a mentor, but at the same time, I know that you are an individual who's loved reading books um, and business books to actually... Um, <laughs> I suppose in a way, learn what others have done, but also what you can apply to yourself. Now, I'd like for you to yep. recommend um, one book that you feel was most valuable to you. Yeah, uh, uh, that's a good one. I think where I was in my journey um, in the beginning as well, the one book that had the biggest impact on me was um, Think and Grow Rich. So it's by Napoleon Hill. And that, that book really changed the way I thought. Um, I looked at things and um, how I wanted things to be, you know. Uh, and I think uh, I can easily say it's not just me who's felt that way uh, after reading that book. I, I've got it on like an audio book now and I make sure to listen it at least, uh, I mean, it's hard to keep listening to every couple of months, but at least once again. <laughs> <laughs> Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Sid, what I'd like to understand from you, of course, you mentioned quite a few obstacles and challenges you've faced. But what do you think is the biggest obstacle or challenge you faced in yep. developing the brand? I think it's all uh, the biggest obstacle is always going to be you, if that makes sense. Uh, it's... Uh, what happens is when you're getting into new territories or things that you've never done, you're always going to have that uh, thought in your head. And look, I think it's normal. It's a bit of um, self-sabotaging, I would say. You think, is this the right move or not? I think the best thing to know is it's going to be a move. And if it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter. You just got to make the move, you know. If it's a wrong move, it's okay. You'll know next time not to make that move again. Um, or it may be not the right time for that particular move, if that makes sense. It does make sense. That yeah. is brilliant. That is brilliant. The biggest obstacle you face is you. And, yeah. you know, this is something that I'm sure everyone can 
relate to. And uh, this can be whether they're trying to develop a career, whether they're trying yep. to start a brand, whether they're trying to get into um, music, sports, art, anything. It does, it does not matter, you know. And uh, because let's be honest, Hush, we, I, I can say that I can say money, our strategy, our people, that's always going to be the case, right? That, that, that stuff is uh, no matter what you can say. But if you and your head are not ready and are doubting what you're trying to do, um, do I deserve this? Or oh, am I making the right? Just because you don't know and all have that experience. If you just change the way you think and say, hey, doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. I got to do it and see. And uh, from them, you'll know if it's right or wrong. And then, you know, uh, moving forward, um, if you have to do it again or not. Simple as that. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Now tell us, Sid, tell, tell the listeners, where can customers buy Rarefied? Where can they buy the products from? Brilliant. So you can buy all Rarefied products on our web store, www.rarefiedclothing.com. Or you can uh, purchase, them, purchase them from um, the iconic. And just to uh, show support and uh, thank you everyone for listening to our story. We have made a code for uh, you listeners. So it's show me how to uh, for 25% the whole store. Amazing. Thank you so much, yeah. Sid. Amazing. Now, look, before we finish up, something that I ask all of my guests is what's that one quote, saying or story that keeps you going, that keeps you motivated, that you keep reciting to yourself? Oh, I think the main one is just do it. <laughs> it's probably my favorite. Just do it. Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in uh, uh, there's many long quotes or this and that. Um, obviously, uh, distance yourself from the lives and concern uh, ordinary people. I think that's something we stand by. But uh, if you don't do it, you can't even stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Just do it. Just yeah. do it, people. That's it. Now, thank you so much, Sid, again. And for those of you who missed it earlier, you can buy all Rarefied clothing from www.rarefiedclothing.com and The Iconic. And thank you again, Sid, for giving us this amazing promo code, Show Me How To, for 25% off all Rarefied clothing. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, Sid, for taking the time and actually coming on to the podcast, giving us a little bit of a glimpse and insight, a highlight reel into how you started and how you've developed this global brand. And for all you listeners out there, if you enjoyed this podcast and want to dive with me into the world of entrepreneurs, artists, and more, give this podcast a follow, a like, and hit the bell icon to be notified. You can also follow me on Instagram. All socials will be posted below. This is the Show Me How To podcast.